Welcome to Theology in the Dirt, where we try to practice our theology at home and in the public square of our city and our world. Your hosts are Keith Thompson and Mitchell Jolly. Theology in the Dirt is produced by Chris Hayes, and the artwork is by Kayla Sanner. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Theology in the Dirt. Keith and I are back today, and we're going to talk about... Uh, theological triage. Mm. Uh, so we're studying. Uh, we're studying in our church. We just, we're studying through the church, the mission of the church, metaphors for the church. This past Sunday, we looked at Romans 14. And this, I think, an iconic passage, Keith, on... I mean, it doesn't get more practical. I mean, you, it's all practical. Yeah. And it's the practice of worship and loving each other well. Right. As a unified body together, right? Yeah. So he tells them not to quarrel about opinions. And we talked a little bit about theological triage. Yeah. So, Keith, tell me, um, in your mind, when you think theological triage, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'm thinking that it's important for us to decide what's worth arguing over and what, what isn't. Right. We know that there are issues right. that, that we have to really tease out. There, right. are th- there are some things in our faith that that you just have to believe. I can't bear with you if you're denying that Christ is um, is God. Yeah. Right. I, that it's not kind. It's not loving for me That's to right. have you believe that. Right. Um, I believe there are just awful consequences to believing that. Absolutely. So there, there, there are things that I need to really take a stand on when it comes to what I believe right. and what others believe, because if I love them, I want them to believe the things that aren't destructive versus the things that are destructive. Absolutely. So you're talking at that point, that's if we're taking three tiers, tier mm-hmm. one, tier two, tier three, tier one would be something that we have a framework that says that's a destructive belief. Yeah, yeah. That's worth fighting over because that belief is going to destroy you. Yeah. If God loves us and Christ has come to shed light in the world, Christ has come to help us see the things that are destructive. He wants us to know what the landmines are out there. Right. Um, a tier one, when it comes to bearing with one another, if we're getting ready to cross a minefield, I, it's not bearing with you to let you believe there aren't any mines out there. That's right. So at some point in the game, I'm going to take a stand, and I'm going to take a stand on tier one issues. That's right. All right. Tier two issues are issues that are substantive, man. They're super important. Right. They can even have major implications down the road yeah. by, by both parties. So right. you take something like uh, the sort of the, the hallmark tier two item is infant baptism. Right. Or baptism in general. Right. What does it look like to do a biblical um, justice to baptism? We baptize them after they're believers, right? That's right, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there are different right. uh, different takes on that. Some folks believe you're not even a Christian if you're never baptized. You can't right. get to heaven until you're baptized. Some believe that, no, you... you you can get to heaven, but you should baptize only people who have expressed faith um, that, that they've done it themselves. I'm going to know you can baptize them when they're children. It gets them into the right. into the body at that time. And so there are different views on that. And it, the thing I think is important to know is some people may feel because it has serious implications, it must be a tier one issue. Right. Not necessarily. That's right. Um, we can, I believe personally that the, that the baptismal issue is super important. Yeah. And if you believe one thing, the entailments are are a problem if you've got it wrong. Right. It can lead to all sorts of problematic issues inside the church. That's right. And even inside the heart of the person who's trying to figure all, all that out. Right. So, 
tier two issues may so that there so there are implications for doing church in those. We'll yeah. talk about those later. That's right. But then the tier three issue is an issue that that is um, there. It, it's it's significant, but um, but it it probably doesn't have as significant entailments down the road. Right. Um, and I, I think the the issue that we can talk about, and maybe I'll, I'll get you to deal with that, is well, what makes something a tier two versus a tier three? Um, and what does it mean for the church and how we worship and that kind of thing? Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. So we're talking theological triage. We're coming at a, we're going to say as Christians, everything is theological in nature. Mm-hmm. We believe there's one God. He's Trinitarian in nature. Mm-hmm. He created us and he created everything that exists. Therefore, everything we see comes from his creative genius. Mm-hmm. And so when we are approaching our world. We are looking at it through the lens, that lens that is revealed to us in God's Word, and we have to make decisions about what we think about that and how it affects our relationship with each other and our relationship with each other to the world around us, right? And so we've got to figure out how to categorize those issues, what's worth fighting over, what's worth kind of fighting over Mm -hmm. and agreeing to disagree and maybe going, Abraham and Lot, you go down there, I'm going to go over here. Paul and Barnabas, you go over there, I'm going to go over here. Or this is like, this just isn't a thing, man. We can have some fun debate with this, but this really isn't worth elevating to that level. So we're looking at the world and doing theological triage. We're saying, what does God say about this? Mm-hmm. And how are we supposed to approach it? Yeah. So we're saying there are three tiers. Yeah. Tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier three being opinions, tier one being life and death. Yeah. So what are some tier one issues that come to mind for you? So in my mind, I think of three big issues that are tier one issues. One is uh, the deity of Christ. Yes. Uh, Christ was both man and divine. He's um, one in equality or in, he's one in essence with God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Which brings me to the second tier or the second issue in the tier ones, which is the Trinity. Right. So I believe that to be a believer, to be born again, you have to believe and acknowledge the Trinity. Okay, yeah. and then the final one that would, would would remain tier one for me is the authority of God's word. Yeah, it's the it, to acknowledge that the truth that we can, that the only the only rule of faith that we have that we can live by mm-hmm. is the authority of the words in the Scripture, and that everything that the Bible um, claims to say about itself is true. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, I agree. So those are the, those are the big three uh, tier ones. Yeah, I agree. I think those are those are massive tier tier one issues, and and I agree with you completely on all of those. Okay. I mean, you when you start breaking down the person of Christ, um, now of course how we apply that. Let's say we're on the field. Someone is going to take some time to get up to three hundred years worth of church history yeah. and understanding Christology at yeah. its robust level. We've got the privilege of. Western civilization, and that's been propagated in us. Mm-hmm. But in some places, we're going to have to work them into that to see mm-hmm. that's an important issue, which in some places around the world, it's not quite there yet. Yeah. It should be. Yeah. So we have to disciple them to that. But the person of Christ, his deity, his humanity, fully man, fully God, mm-hmm. 100%, breaking all manner of physics, yeah, yeah, <laughs> metaphysics. Can't, you can't explain it's it. It's beyond explanation, but the Bible gives us this evidence. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a, that's a, you're either a Christian. So we would say that's, you're a Christian or a not a Christian, right? So tier one means if you believe this, the full deity and full humanity of Christ, you're a Christian. If you don't, are we saying they're not Christians? Yes, I would say that they are not. I, I think a person can be on a journey. Yeah. You know, the Bible, you know, the Bible says, 
over and over again that what you believe about Christ yeah. is the hinge pin about whether or not um, you're born again or not. Right. Christ is, Jesus is Lord. We right. have to confess that he's Lord. Right. Um, and so um, I think if a person is coming, and again, when it comes to the whole born again issue and whether you're a Christian or not, right. we have to understand that there's um, there's a Holy Spirit part to this right. that allows us to believe certain things. That's right. right? You, even though you, we know people that grew up in church, right. grew up in the middle of Western culture, nobody ever really proposed to them that right. Jesus could be the Messiah, but not God. I mean, they, they haven't even thought through all that. Right. And they completely reject the whole thing. They're right. Like, they're like, you know, I, this whole Jesus thing, him being God, no, I, I reject that. Right. Even those people have to acknowledge that Christ was God in the flesh, because that's what the Bible teaches. And if they're going to reject that, then then something hasn't happened, but it, the Holy Spirit hasn't given them eyes to see and ears to hear. Right. I believe that um, you're not a Christian if you don't acknowledge those things. Absolutely. Yeah. We're talking about, you know, John, First John talks about testing the spirits, and he talks about the spirit of Antichrist. And you and I often talk about our eschatology. There's eschatology in everything, right? Yeah, really Antichrist is. is not someone who is coming, this great, massive world leader that hasn't been here already. Yeah. John's pretty clear Antichrist has come and is already here because it's this spirit. It's a demonic spirit that preaches against Jesus Christ who's come in the flesh. And so therefore you can only say Jesus is Lord by the Holy Spirit. So yeah. so their trinitarian implications right there, right? So and it's coming from the scriptures which is our framework. So it's yeah. not an error mm-hmm. and it's telling us that Jesus is God and he reveals the Father. And it's only by the Holy Spirit that that is the case. So there's your Trinity and our source of Bible that are saying these are distinctly Christian. You're either on this team or you're off this team. Right. There's not much middle ground with tier one. Yeah. And that's a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. It's, it's a huge deal. And so, and so for us, it matters that we disciple people into that, mm-hmm. right? Because and there's, there is pressure all over the world, especially when, right. you, when you get into some of the places that, that you're describing that... Um, yeah, a person could hear all this and go, well, of course, you right. have to believe in Jesus. But there are places in the world where it's not. And there are, there are places in the world and there are Christian movements in the world right. that would really blur those lines about whether or not you have to claim that Jesus is Lord. That's right. Um, you, may, you may be able to say, oh, no, Jesus is the Messiah. And in their mind, you've sort of gotten your foot in the door. Right. <laughs> the restoration's occurred because you've even allowed that much. Right. I would be more on the conservative side of that. So no, a person's got to get to the place where they say, no, there's one there's one way right. to reconciliation to God. It's Christ who yeah. was the God man, um, fully man, fully. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think what's comforting to me now when it comes to these tier one issues, at least globally, there's a significant movement that is uh calling us to highlight our distinctions. Mm. Uh, and, and we even call that uh, multi-faith. Now, interfaith is this lie that we're all just kind of worshiping the same God, going the same direction, and yeah. there are nuances to our belief, and, and we don't need to highlight those, just talk about things we have in common, when in fact, it's we live in the public square, we can be multi-faith in that you don't believe what I believe, and we need to highlight those distinctives mm-hmm. and show, particularly as Christians, that I can still love you 
and completely disagree with you and yeah. say, you're on a different team, but I'm going to love you anyway, and I want you to love me well. And so thankfully, I think there that attitude is growing, that we can highlight our distinctives, yeah. and we can have tier one issues, should have tier one yeah. issues. Well, that's what I appreciate about some, about some of the people that have influenced you so much over your Christian walk is how straightforward they are yeah. in all parts of the world that, yeah. look, this is what you believe. I know that's what you believe. Yeah. And I have to tell you, this is what I believe. Right. It's it's. There's no underlying. I wonder or yeah. this elephant in the room about who was Jesus really. Yeah. No, these guys are open. They, they yeah. acknowledge it, and so everybody knows what they're dealing with. And yeah. they can. You can still do ministry all over the world. You can acknowledging that if your love shows itself in That's ways right. that are meaningful and real and legitimate. That's right. And so I, I I think to encourage folks, there's nothing wrong with having a tier one set of beliefs. Mm-hmm. We should if yes. if we have the Bible and for for us. Scripture as as inerrant, the standard of truth is a tier one issue. Then it teaches some things that we have to hold on to. Yeah, we can't let those go. They're non-negotiables. Yeah, and and that's why it's important in our secular world. Even though we're not some faraway place where people have a different, completely different culture from us, it's okay for us to take a stand on the fact that yeah, in the public square, I'm one of the crazies. <laughs> I believe that Jesus Christ lived. Yeah. I believed he died. I believed he was raised again. I believe he proved himself to be the Son of God. Absolutely. And and I believe these nutty things that yeah. Christians believe, and just be open about it. Absolutely. And, and, and acknowledge that. Um, so you think I'm going to hell if I don't believe that? <laughs> right. Right. And I don't know. I don't want to say this gently, but right. yeah, I do believe that's what's going to happen. Absolutely. If you don't. Absolutely. And so you don't have to shy away from that. No. Tier one issue. That's right. Um, I would say even inside. Western Christianity, a tier one issue is the historicity of Jesus, the mm-hmm. historical nature of the Gospels. Yeah. It, is the historical Jesus different than this biblicized spiritual Jesus? And I would say uh, he is historical. There's nothing in the Gospels that show us in any way, shape, form, or fashion that what we have is spiritualized, edited, redacted history. Mm-hmm. But in fact, it is history written from different perspectives for different purposes to a specific audience highlighting who Jesus is and everything he said and did and I don't I think it's tier one issue Jesus the historical Jesus is Jesus Uh, the gospels present a historical Jesus as he was and is in other words they're not two different Jesuses right one that's made up by the church in the second century versus one that is everything he said and did and mm-hmm. recorded for us in the Gospels. That's a tier one issue for yeah. me as well. Yeah. That what we have in the Gospels is historical. Right. And it's not just uh, spiritual or mythological recounting. Sure. And that's a significant movement in some left-leaning, even mainline denominations in very our country. Very much so. Very much so. If you haven't reckoned with that in your own mind yeah. as a believer, you probably need to because you're going to have to at some point. If yeah. not for yourself, then on behalf of your children or your grandchildren. Yeah. But the world is moving very much toward a world, yeah. a majority world in the West where the Jesus that you and I believe in is fictional. He's yeah. not real. Absolutely. If you spend much time uh, reading spiritual material, you'll find people, and I find even folks in our church are reading authors who do not believe. So, because they hear the spiritual language and they talk about Jesus, even quote Jesus. But when you dig into that author's intent on why they're quoting Jesus, you'll discover they don't believe in the historical Jesus. They are misusing yeah. Jesus completely, and people can go down a primrose path that is on a different team. 
Yeah. And and that's a dangerous path. Yeah, because you can get so far down that path that yeah. you're sucked in. You, yeah. You, you buy into so much of it before you realize yeah. where you are that it's hard to come back because you got all these questions swirling in your mind. And, and that's why this theology is important. And Very important. Every single piece of it. Yeah. Has, it really does have significance. It does. So those big three you talked about are interconnected. You take one away, you really don't have the That's other. Right. And so those are big for us. So tier two, uh, you mentioned infant baptism. Can you think of some more tier two issues? Because man, I can go down. Yeah. I can go down that path pretty hard as a legitimate Baptist. Yeah. I'm really Baptistic. So I, I, it, this is where it, it does get gray. It yeah. gets gray between sure. tier two and tier three issues. Like yeah. what's a tier two and here's a tier three. And Albert Muller and his discussions of, of, um, of theological triage has helped me because one of the ways we, I, we sort of tease out the difference between two and three yeah. is you can, you can worship with and be in fellowship and covenant fellowship with someone who disagrees with you on a tier three issue. That's right. But it's very difficult to be in covenant fellowship to go to church with somebody right. who disagrees with you on a tier two issue. Right. The classic is baptism. Right. Generally, I have you and I both and and a whole bunch of people all over the world respect, love, yeah. even serve with people who are in the Presbyterian Church. You and I are Baptist. That's right. Southern Baptist. We disagree on the issue of baptism. Mm-hmm. Um, so we generally just are not going to go to church with Presbyterians who believe certain things about baptism. We're probably going to stick more in a Baptist church right. because it's it is it's too big of an issue right. for us to just ignore the fact that that we don't. We don't really believe in, in infant baptism. Right. Um, but it's not so significant an issue that we would say those guys aren't believers. No, that's right. They that's are right. definitely believers. But right. it, it's one of those things that's going to have to be fleshed out in eternity. That's right. But just functionally, it's hard to do church. That's right. Another one would be um, the role of women pastors. Right. Um, and, you know, so the role of women pastors, if a church has a, a women's pastor, mm-hmm. um, even maybe a, is the lead preacher at the church. Right. I, I would have a hard time saying those people are all lost. Right. Right. I can't, right. I can't do that. Right. Absolutely. I think it's, I would, I would personally say, I don't think that's wise. I think it's not biblical to do that. Um, but so that would mean that I probably couldn't go to a church that had a senior pastor who was a, who was a, a, a woman. Right. I think the Bible doesn't allow us to do that. Right. Um, well, that would introduce to a, a tier two issue, and maybe it's tier three, maybe it's halfway in between, is hierarchy. Like, what are the functions? Yeah. Do you have elders, and do the elders oversee pastors? Because right. some churches make that distinction yeah. that elder, pastor, and over, elder and overseer are distinct from pastor. Pastor yeah. fits in a fivefold Ephesians 4. And so maybe they would, so that would need teasing out, yeah. right? So yeah. these get thorny, sticky issues, yeah. right? And so we can't. So if you're in a church and you completely disagree with the fact that someone is allowing uh, certain things, you, you're not going to expect the church to change its ecclesiology right. and its leadership and the way it feels about certain things because I have a, a conscience issue with that, and I really feel like the Bible speaks against it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to find a church that agrees with me. Right. And um, But I'm not going to call that heresy, and I'm not going to say that right. those folks aren't going— are, are, that's a, it's crossing the line to say those guys aren't going to be in heaven. Now, there are some issues in our day right. that I think are second-tier issues. They, they're not—we um, don't—I believe we do have a long history. Like, this language of, of theological triage, I think it's probably new. Yeah. I don't—I'm I don't, I, familiar with it from Albert Moeller. Right. The, the principles have always been there. Right. But there are issues that have arisen in our day 
right. that are completely new to Christianity right. and Orthodox Christianity as we've known it for 2,000 years. Right. Give me an example. One of those is the definition of marriage. So, um, if I so you not, say tier two, this is this is this is tier two only because right. um, I believe a person can be born again. Mm-hmm. They've given their life to Christ and be completely confused over this issue. Gotcha. And confused not because they don't. They would even affirm the authority of the Word of God. The, the, yeah, I mean the, our, the the Christian Church, even in the evangelical side, but certainly on the on the on the moderate side and the liberal side, would some of those guys, many of those guys, would affirm the authority of the Word. Okay, it is God's Word. Right. They would affirm the deity of Christ. They would affirm the Trinity. Right. Yet they would say that the language in the Scriptures that define marriage in the New Testament can't be taken to mean that it's completely cultural and completely has a time stamp on it. Mm. And that today, marriage can be between a man and a man or a woman and a woman. Mm. And so those guys those guys um, would believe all my tier one issues. Right. But yet I would believe they're living, they're living practically, sociologically, and ecclesiology, ecclesiologically mm. in a right. way that is going to be proved to be Terribly destructive mm. for the church, right? For the individual and for the community and society, right? I think it's going to be disastrous. I might place marriage as a tier one, okay? And 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 the reason I would say that is because marriage predates any ecclesiological structure, right? It's a created order issue, right? And is intimately connected to the gospel. And yeah. therefore, if a person comes to marriage and redefines it from created intent to have a cultural timestamp on it, yeah. then then under how I see the scriptures, mm-hmm. they they are they have a foot in a different team there, and yeah. I'm struggling to make them part of my team. Right. So I might I might make marriage a tier one issue. It is very difficult. it's close. It is very difficult. Yeah, um, and I think. I think the re- I think we're at a transitional time in like mm-hmm. all of human history. Mm-hmm. Right. I think this is a this is a time when things are so confused right now. Right. That I, I'm really not sure what things are going to look like in 20 years. I don't know if there's going to be a correction. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But I think right. a lot of people are so confused because of the chatter they're hearing around them. Right. Because there there really are just. Many, 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 many people who would call themselves even evangelical Christians, right? Who are I, who you and I both believe, and, yeah. and I'm willing to, you know, die on that hill mm-hmm. that they're wrong about this issue. You can't. Right. God is not going to place his place his sanction on a marriage between two men or two women. Mm-hmm. Um, that's hurtful for a lot of people who would hear that. Um, it's it's not at all to say that I think those folks right. um, that I don't don't love them. Right, absolutely. Um, it's not an issue of love. It, right, it's, it, it's, it's really a, not. We we should be able to disagree. Yeah, and do so civilly. Yeah, I would completely have to just reject so much of what of, of right. who I am and what I believe right. to acknowledge that. So, yeah, but would I? So here the question is: Is it tier one, tier two? Am I willing to say that uh, my friend who has grown up in the church? And loves the Lord, and has been dealing with some emotions maybe their entire life. Hasn't known what to do with them, and because of the influences they've seen all around them in our current society, right. in the church, right, have been told that it's okay. 
Right. Just relax. God loves you anyway. Right. So the, the language that Paul used in the New Testament. Right. Um, yeah, it was linked to Genesis, but um, it's a, it's a, just a weird interpretation of that and and so on and so forth. And and, and that person gets confused. Right. And now they're 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 living in a lifestyle. Right. That would be uh, contrary to what I believe yeah. the Lord would allow in marriage. Yeah. I, I don't know that I'm ready to say they're that they were never saved right. yet. Right. Um, now, maybe, and and so the question is, there's a difference in living in a lifestyle and affirming right. a lifestyle. Yes. Um, I think if, if a person, um, yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, to split that frog hair even further, yeah. you know, it's finer than yeah. frog's hair, yeah, so let's split it, it further. I would distinguish between that person who is influenced by that and the influencer. Okay. You know, Jesus okay. said, uh let the little children come, right? Let the mm-hmm. little children come. But if a person causes one of these little ones to stumble, it's better for them to have a millstone right. tied around their right. neck and drown in the sea. I would distinguish between the person who is wrestling and been led down that path mm-hmm. by someone who claims to know. I would distinguish between them and the person who claims to know. Yeah. And because even the Lord said, don't say you're a teacher, because if you do, you're going to be judged more. Yeah. Harshly, yeah. right? James four one five one James four one, and so so if I say I'm a teacher, mm-hmm. and I come and say, "Hey, dear sister, dear brother, it's okay," mm-hmm. and it's not okay, I'm in that millstone category, yeah. and that person who has led down that path is the person who's not in the millstone yeah. category. So I would say for that teacher, well, that's a dangerous place. Yeah. So I, I, be I, sure, I you. you know. So all that all the, the issues around sexuality in general fall right. in that category for me. I'm just sure. I'm not sure what to do with it yeah. at this point. Sure. Um, I think because I think people there's a, just so much wrong teaching. Right. And again, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's role is to overcome all that wrong teaching and That's to right. give someone eyes to see and ears to hear. Yes. So I'm not saying that just because there's a lot yeah. of confusion out there that is you're justified in believing wrong things. Sure. Um, but you know, even the transgender issues of whether it's okay to um, to, to to acknowledge, yeah, biologically I'm this, but right. my gender is this. I think that's completely unbiblical. I that's certainly true. couldn't serve in a church with somebody like that. Are those people lost? Right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I just don't know what to do with that. Um, right. Sure. And so, yeah. Well, I hope what one of the things that as people are listening to this that we model for them is. Fellowship, the Word, and difficult issues. Mm -hmm. Get together, open your Bible, ask the questions, and intellectually follow the argument all the way down until until you get to a place where you can say, this matches the tenor of Scripture, and it doesn't. And and hopefully we're able to do that right here. Hey, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. So hang on. All right, so Keith, we're modeling for people how to... Do theological triage, yes. right? So we want people to imitate, get together, ask questions, follow it intellectually to its conclusion, use the scriptures. We've talked about tier one, tier two. Yeah. Now what about tier three? Now, by the way, tier one, we're on different teams. Yeah. You're, you're either Christian Lost. or not. It's, it's, what, it's what divides all of humanity on two sides. That's right. Born again, yes. not born again. That's right. Belong to child, I mean, belong to God, child of God, heir with Christ. Um child of destruction absolutely so those that's, those are the tier one issues yes yeah. tier two Christian and man we just disagree yeah we've come at the scriptures and you see it this way I see it this way and we're just kind of at an impasse yeah and functionally it's going to be hard for us to do 
church that's right. together. That's right. So that's you're going to worship over there. We're going to worship over here, but we're still partners in the gospel. Yeah. All right. Tier three. What tier is three tier three? Issues or issues that are that you disagree about, but you could easily serve in the same church. You could serve on the same elder board. Mm-hmm. You could be in the same Sunday school class, same radical life group. Yeah. Um, those issues, the, the the one that pops up most often, really, is issues of end times. Yes. So um, eschatology is one is the one that's most common. You're going to have folks who believe all sorts of different things about what's going to happen at the end of times. Mm-hmm. Is Christ going to come back before there's this thing called a rapture? Is, he going to, is there going to be right. a rapture and then he's going to come up afterwards? Is he going to come rule on earth for a thousand years, literally? Or, so there are all those issues. Right. And it is, it is important. You and I know um, how we feel about these issues. Right. Just because it's tier three doesn't mean it doesn't have really big implications. <laughs> it colors everything. Yeah, all so of there decisions. Are, there are tier three issues right. that we're in church with together. We're in church with people together. We disagree on these issues, and they, those some of those issues, nah, not that big of a deal. Some of them have massive implications, right? But they wouldn't keep us from serving in church. That's together. right. In fact, my my eschatology influences my ecclesiology so much that it is it's hard to draw That's lines right. between them. And we got dear we got a dear brother and sister in this church who believes in a halfway rapture, three and a half year rapture, and they know who they are and they're listening and we joke about it. They're like, which one of us is wrong? Yeah. So we have clear beliefs that I can point to the text here. Well, I can too. Yeah. But it's kind of like, okay, it's all right. It really is. We can laugh about it and mm-hmm. move on, right? Yeah. And so we should be able to do that. Yeah. But eschatology, what yeah, we so, see about the church, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so eschatology, even even ecclesiology, whether or not you believe a church ought to have deacons or whether yeah. churches should be led by, um, um, you know, a, a, a head pastor who is sort of right. like a CEO or whether a church ought to be led by elders and then there are deacons. And, so there's, there's differences there that I think um, probably are tier three issues. Mm-hmm. Um, Depending on how hard you hold them. That's right. Right. It's depending yeah. on how entrenched you are on that yeah. issue, I would yeah. So I would personally choose to when it comes to church and right. where I'm going to go to church. I could go to church in good conscience. Yeah. At a place that doesn't do ecclesiology like we do. Yeah. I could. Yeah. I couldn't probably go to church in good conscience to a church that disagrees with me on tier two issues. Right. Um, but I'm but I choose to go to a church that lines yeah. up with my ecclesiology. That's right. I get the option to do yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so. Well I mean there are churches who do elders as a as a as a governing board. Yeah. And then the actual professional ministers they call pastors and and they're really the ones you see. So you have, you know, I I would disagree, I disagree wholeheartedly yeah, yeah. with that structure. <laughs> right. I, however, I would have no problem attending a church that did that as long as they yeah. teased it out as best they could, right. were convicted in their own heart that this is biblical. I have no problem going to that yeah. church. We well, can be in fellowship and, together. And the truth is, the truth, we're talking about Western church problems, really. Right. Because there are some places in the world you don't... <laughs> it's like... Yeah. Well, I'm not going to go to that church. You've got ten churches to choose from, and right. you're going to go to the one that fits you perfectly from an ecclesiological, <laughs> ecclesiological standpoint. Yeah, yeah. Perfectly from right. eschatological. No, yeah. in a lot of places in the world, you're going to go to church with the guys who say, "I believe in Jesus." <laughs> That's right. Um, and so, yeah, you know, you're you're limited to some degree where you are in the world. If you've got a church on every corner, you can be super picky. Absolutely. Issues. You can choose, right? Mm-hmm. We live in a time, I think, Keith, that is unprecedented for us. It's unprecedented for us. Um, 
where I'm seeing the greatest challenge to church leadership right now are tier three issues that are elevated to tier one issues. Mm-hmm. And which is why we talked through this a little bit on Sunday is because I see happening in the church in general, yep. people fighting for tier three issues as though yep. they were tier one issues. Right. And so um, just to throw a couple on the table for us to talk about faith versus fear. That's one. Yeah. All right. Uh, and this is common. I'm hearing this among many people. And the idea is, well, why don't we just gather? Let's just all get back together, just get in the building, have kids stuff happening. Because, I mean, don't we believe the Lord is able to heal people? And aren't we showing fear by not doing that? Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds real, real good. It sounds real spiritual, right? I might be able to go to the text and pull a passage up about that. But you and I talked earlier, what if we flip that coin? Yeah. What if that coin says, well, isn't it faithful to trust that God governs over us by authority that he established? I mean, Romans 13 is kind of clear. And so isn't it faith to say we're going to submit to that until they start breaking God's law? And wouldn't it be an issue of fear to say that I'm, I'm fearing there's a government conspiracy? Yeah. And so me flip that coin that faith versus fear issue gets really cloudy now, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And, you know, terms matter. Yeah, that's right. They really do matter a lot. So what you mean by faith, what you mean by fear, what you mean by love, right. what you mean by... It, it really matters. You can't just throw out, yeah. I'm a faith person. Yeah. Those people are fear people. So or, I'm not going to wear a mask because I have faith. Yeah. I think we ought to all get back together and somebody's just going to have to die for herd immunity because I have faith. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That sounds real good. Well, I mean, I think it sounds actually terrible. It's not a good pro-life well, method, right? It's just a... You can read... Everybody understands... If you're reasonable, you can understand how right. you could build... If you, if you had a debate about that issue, there's right. reasonable... Yeah. Um, there's reasonable arguments on both sides of Absolutely. why the faith crowd could be right. There's reasons to believe how the fear crowd... As they're deemed fear, they're, I wouldn't call them fearful. I think that's a misuse of the term fear. I think so too. Everybody is fearful of some things, and fear is not. When right. the Bible says that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, it doesn't mean we should never fear anything. <laughs> right. You're supposed to fear God. Right. So that's right. We know that that doesn't mean if you're ever afraid of anything right. that you're in sin. No, I mean, there are things that are worth being. If there's a lion in this room, yeah. you and I should be afraid. Yeah. Because that's going to lead us to make good decisions. Right. Now, what we should do about that fear, right. that's where the rubber meets the road. That's right. So, you know, to throw out, fear is a word that is a way overused yeah. in the Christian world, I think. I think we need to be careful just, you know, fear, fear, fear. Right. Okay, what do you mean by that yeah. when you're being afraid? If somebody's afraid of a real virus that's killing people, right. I would say that's a real fear. It's a real fear. And it may lead um, them to life-saving yeah. measures for themselves and somebody else. Yeah, Jim Elliott was afraid of the Alka Indians. Right. Not to the point that he wouldn't engage them. That's right. But I don't think he would ever say, we don't fear them. Or otherwise, they would have just marched right in there on day one and started spreading and started sharing yeah. the gospel. No, they were very strategic. Yeah. Because of what they knew about those guys. They were mitigating that fear with data. There was real data to say this is dangerous. We're called to go. So we're going to go, but we're going to do it in such a manner to mitigate that and not be foolish. Oh, you're just afraid. Yeah, you're just afraid. Yeah, that crowd that got slayed by the Alcas and ended up winning them all to Jesus. Yeah. Those people were just a bunch of fear mongers. That's right. No, they were wise. They were wise. And so it's wise... Um, it's wise to follow precautions. 
um, when it's time to follow precautions. Now, when is it time? Well, that's a debate we can have. Yeah. Well, we start talking civil disobedience at that point. Yeah. There's, we, have, we have scripture to teach us about civil disobedience mm-hmm. when and when we shouldn't. Yeah. And do you disobey the governor or the mayor? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Which so, I mean, one do we disobey? It's really, really tricky. That's right. And so that's where, that's where, that's what the beauty of this passage to me in Romans right. 14. Right. We're called to bear with one another. Paul doesn't ever, I, I feel like Paul doesn't in this chapter ever decide which group is right and which group is wrong. Right. Paul simply says, look, just love one another. That's right. You guys are going to, you're going to come down on different sides of this issue. Right. It's a very important issue to all of you. Like the, the ones who are disagreeing, this is very important. Right. The, the, you know, the, whether or not you should keep going with these principles that have been a part of your heritage for thousands and thousands of years. Right. That's not an issue you just go, man, get over it. No, right. it's, it's important. So what that means is we're going to bear with one another. So when a person wants to do something that I can't get, I can't get there. Right. I'm going to have to bear with him. And so what does it look like? That's right. To bear with one another. That's right. And that that's that's where our fellowship with one another, mm-hmm. our intentionality in spending time together and wrestling through God's word is key because then we learn to trust each other. I was like, you know, they're going to wear a mask and need to wear a mask. I'm not compelled to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. And so is there a way we can both do that together? And if not, I'm, I need to meet you where you are. And maybe yeah. you need to meet me where I am. But let's work that out together. Yeah. Let's not just assume, well, well yeah. you're just a conspiracy the, you know, the, guy or not. It, it really does matter. I mean, yeah. our histories matter. You know, you got the, the gal heard on the radio the other day whose mother and sister have passed away from coronavirus. Right. It was really her only family that she still had left. I have no idea what that feels like. It, she's going to have an understanding and a, and a she, you know, I don't know if the fear is the right word, but she's going to have an, have an appreciation for the risk involved right. with this virus that I can't even appreciate. Right. So she's going to want to do things. And I, she's going to look at me like, why can't you understand? I mean, my entire life, well, it will never be the same again because of this. And I feel like if people had done this and that, we'd be okay. Right. Well, I've got to honor that in her. Yeah. I don't get to just go, you're wrong. Right. That's, yeah. not, that's not a godly way to deal with it. Yeah. You're, you happen to be 1% of the population, and that's just acceptable loss for me and for that's everybody right. else. Right. So yeah. I'm sorry. Take it on the chin for the team. And- right. Right. And, so, and, and, and I think that's where, when these tier three issues, for, for whatever reason, I think people have elevated them to tier one issues. I think, I heard this the other day, uh, Spencer Davis uh, said this in a, a talk he was giving at Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters when he talked about idolatry in the Colossians 3 passage where he said, where Paul just identifies idolatry as covetousness. Hmm. So co- covetousness is wanting things, right? So it's, I want either the right thing or the wrong thing. And if I want the right thing, it becomes idolatry when I want it too much. Mm-hmm. And so I think what we're seeing here is an issue of idolatry And Christians, when we take tier three issues and make them tier one, is we want something. We're trying, there's something in us that wants. What we're wanting, if it's the wrong thing, we've got to figure that out. If it's the right thing and we're wanting it too much, we've got to figure that out. But we're taking these things, mass, no mass, rona, no rona, and we want something to be so true that it's become our herald. It's our message. And a lot of people in their social media, it's all they talk about. And it's as though, the heart is being laid out as 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 though this were worth my time and your time. Mm-hmm. And it's that people want that so much. Why they want it, I don't know. Yeah. But it is it's 
all, almost all I read. Yeah, yeah. And that disturbs me. It is there. You know, this uh, 1420 says, do not for the sake of food, and you can insert whatever your issue of the day is. Uh, right. Do not for the sake of X destroy the work of God. That's the question. The question is, is my interaction right, right now? Even if I believe it's life and death. Yeah. Because there are people who legitimately, and they may be right. Right. We may get 20 years down the road and find that those people were right. Yeah. But there are people who feel like, yeah, this is a matter of life and death. Right. And um, so it, it's worth me expending a lot of energy on. Well, when I'm interacting with them, am I interacting with them in a way that would glorify God? Right. Um, I don't have to agree. I don't even have to assent to yeah. their what they're saying. Right. Or, or give assent to what they're saying. But... Um, but the question is, can I disagree with them in a way that's loving and, and would be willing to sacrifice right. on my end right. um, to, to, to get them to a place where they can be okay and I can be okay? And the love of God and the love of Christ and the, and the grace and mercy of the kingdom moving forward can, can continue to move forward. Absolutely. I remember there are several people in my life, currently still in my life, who I remember as a younger guy passionate about theology. I held I held some tier three theological issues as tier one. Mm-hmm. And I remembered their demeanor toward me. They would just listen and smile and nod and every now and then gently push back. And I would get finished my rant and move on. And years would go by and I would find myself softening. Yeah. On so as I read and studied and interacted with more people. And and what I found here recently is they'll kind of smile at me and go, I kind of figured you'd come around. <laughs> You know, and so they yeah. just bore with me. Yeah. They let me say it. They didn't fight me. They didn't quarrel. It's one to four. Romans fourteen one to four. Invite them, but not to quarrel over opinion. Yeah. They just refused to quarrel with me about mm-hmm. it. And I just assumed maybe they agreed. <laughs> what I found out later was they're just being kind yeah. and love me enough to let me figure it out. Yeah. And I thought, and, and for for me recently, this has been really good to go. That's a good strategy now to just smile and nod and yeah okay all right and this you know we're not talking about issues that have that have dangerous implications we're not talking about things right. that if somebody believes this right they're they're almost in in uh, they're headed for destruction or something like that right those are those are you know tier two tier one issues yeah these, these are issues that look we can reasonably somebody can reasonably believe these things right and the, the right thing to do is just Always consider the other person. That's right. Higher than yourself, and just sort of let it go. Amen. I would. I, I agree. I would say, sort of, for me, I, I'll give you the closing statement. Okay. Um, for me, I would say, as we're walking together, all of us through this, let's let's evaluate why I feel certain a certain way about mm-hmm. something. Dig into that. Why is this bothering me so much? And take it to the scriptures. Work it out with somebody. Uh, and if I find it's tier three, if it's something that's really an opinion, I need to learn to soften my stance on it. But make sure I do it with the scriptures, with someone who loves me, and I love them back. And let's work that out. And then finally, I would say, use this season to elevate a tier one issue in my life, and that would be Jesus Christ and Him crucified. In the public square, we are hungry for an alternative narrative. And the alternative narrative is not... Mass, no mass, government right. conspiracy. The alternative is there is a king, and his kingdom has come, and he is coming again to fu- finally and fully establish it, and he will judge the living and the dead. 
and make sure you get on the right side of that judgment yeah. through repenting of sin and turning to Him for salvation and come get in this fellowship who loves each other well. That's worth dying for. Yeah. And I would challenge them to get that up as a tier one and, and their primary proclamation. And I think it make all the difference in the world. Yeah. You get the last word. Okay, so Ephesians 4.29 is a verse a lot of folks are familiar with. It says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for the building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Mm. So as I'm as I'm thinking through how am I going to respond, um, whether it's a social media issue or mm. whether it's a, an issue that's going on inside of the church and it's even affecting policy, like right. it's affecting policy inside the church, or it's an issue that's affecting policy in the in the public arena. It's, a, it's an issue that I'm going to be voting on or uh, not voting on, whether it's locally or nationally. The, the conversation should always occur between me and someone else, whether they're a believer or an unbeliever, in a way that I'm going to... that. I'm convinced is going to be beneficial for them mm. and that the talk isn't corrupting. And, and at the end of the day, even if I feel like um, if I'm talking to you, if someone has disagreed with me on a tier one issue, I've got a friend who's lost and they're trying to, I'm having a conversation with them about the Lord and they're going, man, I keep, I just can't, I just can't buy it. You know, all that crazy stuff in the Bible floods and all, I just can't buy it. Yeah. You know? The way I'm going to deal with them is, is loving. Right. I'm not going to deal with them as a project. I'm not going to deal with them as a way that I've got to convince them over to my side, even though I believe the consequences are are infinite, really. Right. I'm certainly not going to, if I'm dealing on an issue that is is not that big, whether it's whether I'm going to wear a mask or whether, um, you know, certain things are going on inside of the church. The, the answer is always, when I leave this conversation, does the person feel like, mm. you know, <laughs> I can't get I can't get on board with him at all. Right. But I feel like that guy genuinely was concerned about me. Right. He genuinely was concerned about me. It yeah. wasn't about him. It wasn't about an agenda. Mm. It was about some genuine concern. And he's worked through it the best he can. And he's mm. all he can, all he's doing is giving me what he's got. Yeah. That's the way you've got to be able to lead these conversations. It's hard to do in social media because you can't even see faces. And, that's right. Yeah. But... Uh, that, at the end of the day, that's the goal. Yeah, amen. That's good. That's a great way to end, Keith. Thank you. Appreciate your yeah. thoughts and our time together. Guys, thanks for listening to Theology in the Dirt. We hope you'll listen. We hope you will listen again next week. Take care. Hey, thank you for listening to Theology in the Dirt. You can email us at theologyinthedirt at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you with some feedback and perhaps some questions if you'd like us to tackle. We'll see you next week. And until then, deuces.